So there are going to be people who they could teleport into one place. They can teleport into another place, just like you're joining a, a Zoom call here and you have back-to-back Zoom calls. You could have back-to-back sort of hollow, hollow presence events that you do. Hey there, and welcome to yet another episode of the World of Presentations podcast brought to you by Asset Presentation Agency 356 Labs. I'm Boris, the founder of the company and your host. And today we have someone that was recommended to us in another episode. Now, that does not mean that this is the only reason why she's here with us today. I have personally been following our next guest's work from a long time long time and i'm super happy to finally welcome yulia barnakova to our podcast yulia is one of those people that's always 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 on the look for what's next in visual communication and that's actually what the topic for today is what's next yulia welcome 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 to the podcast glad we are finally doing this Great. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here with with your audience and always looking to share kind of what's next, what's coming our way. And last year was certainly a quite a, you know, quite a, a transformational year. And I think there's a lot more ahead. So looking forward to digging in. Perfect. I have my notes on the left hand side, you on the right hand side. This is for the people that are going to just be listening to this one. If you're watching on YouTube, you will be seeing me going left and right, left and right. Now let's start. <laughs> let's start from let's start. Tell us a little bit about yourself because your background is very interesting. Like let's go there first. Sure. Well, well, thank you. Um, so I'm currently a digital and innovation consultant. So I'm working with large enterprises to really help them understand what is happening in the future. So what what are some of the emerging technology shifts that are coming their way and how can they prepare today for what's coming tomorrow? So we we look at things like AI, AI, augmented virtual reality, 5G, blockchain, all those things, kind of how are are all those technologies transforming um, industries and how do you prepare? And so my personal passion is visual communication and presenting. So I you know, like many of you listening, I'm sure uh, I'm I'm just very, very enthusiastic about good storytelling and presentation. So so stories that are impactful and, you know, that just look good visually. So that's why I'm kind of always thinking about how do you make that impact in a more effective way through new technology? And in particular, how do you combine kind of 3D and augmented virtual reality to kind of create that next generation of experiences? So I think that there's a huge opportunity to, for example, combine things that we know, like PowerPoint, that are that is basically like a sandbox for creativity. There's so much that you can do there, but then put PowerPoint, for example, into a 3D virtual world. And let's do some interactivity there with that. Let's take a 3D model, take that off the slide, and then put that into your space and walk around that 3D model. And now, instantly, the presentation becomes your entire environment, you know, versus just that 2D slide. And my big focus is, you know, how do you prepare? It's like, what are the skills that you're going to need? And how do you think differently and design differently for that future world? And so that's kind of, and that's been my focus um, 
recently and it's it's something that I also share on my on my YouTube channel and, and blogs and and LinkedIn and all those things. So um yeah it's it's a really fun space for sure. That is guaranteed. Like just you saying all of those things for sure sounds fun. That is a hundred percent guaranteed. You already mentioned a few things. You already said, hey, this will require a change of your mindset, maybe a change of your skills. Let's start a little bit slowly here, because obviously, as you said at the beginning, last year was insane. We're recording this in 2021, uh, but in February, the 2nd of February, 2021, last year was crazy. Let's start a little bit with what changed, like in terms of technology and in terms of how and what technology enabled us to do. Uh, I saw that when we were discussing the episode, you actually wrote me a little bit about, hey, there are changes in the video world. There are changes in the audio. There are changes in the interactivity, right? What is going on in there? Because having in mind what we're going to cover a little bit later, these are, I consider the basics, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start with the basics, video, audio, interactivity, and anything else that you want to mention here. For sure. Yeah. I mean, last year we call it kind of the great digital acceleration because, you know, I mean, if you look at there's different statistics, I mean, McKinsey has a statistic where it's, you know, 10 years of e-commerce uh, development were compressed into just a few months. Um, Sajin Nadella said that, you know, in just a, a few months, we got two years of uh, digital transformation happening. So, it has been an incredible acceleration of technology that, that we've mm -hmm. experienced. And then frankly, a lot of the, the, the folks that we've been working with, a lot of the business leaders, our own organization, and then even, you know, the education world, teachers, I mean, most people were kind of caught a little bit flat footed in the sense of like, wow, you know, we've been, you know, maybe doing Zoom, WebEx teams uh, here and there, but, you know, to really have most of our interactions in a video or kind of a, a conference setting is just I mean, that was a huge transition across many areas like I actually <laughs> my um, some of my kids are in kindergarten or or they were in preschool. And so and we actually um, like the you know preschool teachers, as an example, they never expected to be teaching online. And so, you know, because it's super hands on, it's very interactive. And so for them, they were just like, wow, this is a completely new world. So I actually did some training for them, for just like the basics of how just getting up to speed, because some there were some professions that kind of sometimes use use more virtual tools, but it's just been a huge, huge change for, for so many others. And so one of the questions you asked is how, like, what are the main things that, that changed? I would say number one is just being on video. Like I know now we, we call this, we talk a lot about Zoom fatigue, but just at the very beginning, just using video more, more more often was a huge deal. Like people didn't, some people did, didn't have cameras maybe on their, on their laptop or they didn't have a good background. Now, for the most part, it is generally expected to at least have the capability to, to do that in, at least in most situations that I've been in um, across different industries. And so that, I mean, that in itself requires a completely or kind of an advanced skill set of how do you manage on video? How do you interact differently? How do you make eye contact uh, with the camera, you know, backgrounds, all that kind of stuff. So that's sort of, you asked about the basics. That is really the main thing that, that we're seeing is just being comfortable in a video call type of environment. Yeah. And if you think about it, this is really like, if I really stop and 
think about that, the fact that we move to video in such scale globally, right, globally, both in the business world and in the education sector and many more, just for a year, and in that scale was like, wow, that, that was quick. Like, that was really quick. Absolutely. You, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were, it's, it's interesting because some of our clients, we were kind of um, urging them to, to make some or kind of working with them to, to do some digital transformation work. And right before COVID hit, some of them were saying, well, you know, we have so many other priorities and it's like, it's, it's a little bit tough to make some of these um, implementation decisions. But then when COVID hit, it's just incredible how, how much mobilization, how quickly pretty much all of our clients were able to go virtual. And that's not just, you know, talking in meetings with, with their colleagues. It's, different kinds of interactions with their customers. Like, I mean, especially on the manufacturing and industrial side, a lot of them had to travel there to do demos and like show hands-on experiences with their products. And now they had to find a way to do it virtually. And there's a lot of very creative ways that we're, that we're seeing pop up that people do that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Just the, the quickness of it all was just incredible. But it shows us that we can pivot quickly. And if we just do that more proactively going forward, we can we can keep doing that even without another, you know, huge pandemic or something else hitting us. Yeah, the question is whether or not we really want it, because at least from the way we are wired, I don't think that this is how we work. I mean, people are real. don't, we normally say, hey, we like to change, we are so agile, on and on and on, but deep inside of us, change is dangerous. So yeah, I mean, that is, that is, let's not even get in there. However, <laughs> let's get, yeah. let's, let's go deeper into the tech world because there are just so many major technology shifts that are potentially coming. The fact that we have VR, AR, as you mentioned, 3D, the blockchain technology underneath like many, many things like overall blockchain itself. What do you see there? Like, how big is it? What do you see there? Let's just start somewhere, you know, like, let's just start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the pain points and, you you know, you mentioned, you know, we're not wired to work this way. We kind of want to go back, kind of get that sense of humanity and connection back. And one of the, one of the ways that people are trying to do that, at least in, in the world that we're in today is to kind of go beyond the 2D screen and try to find, almost recreate that immersion of being with people, being in the same room. And that is where VR can really come in and create that experience. So right now, for example, there are platforms like Altspace VR, where we, we, we did some experimentation with that at the MVP Summit last year. We also, I mean, there was a huge conference for educators in VR about this time last year, um, where pretty much many people came in with a headset, but many people came in on their PC as well. But the point is, is it's kind of like a game type environment, or it looks like a game in the sense that everybody's an avatar. And at first it may seem a little silly or funny, but very quickly what's what's interesting is you kind of get that even if i see you as an avatar if you keep talking to me and i and interacting with you i can sort of relate to you as if you're a real person very quickly like the avatar the silliness kind of goes away very very quickly mm-hmm. in that environment and what's interesting is especially if you're wearing a, a vr headset you you feel like you're in the room 
right? Like I turn around and I see somebody over there talking at that table. I see somebody over here talking, you know, at the, at the metaphorical or the, maybe the literal water cooler. And so I can kind of, especially with networking events, I can kind of go over there, have a conversation, walk over there, have another conversation. So it's, you can almost recreate that networking experience and get just a little bit more of a sense of, of humanity. And I think as the hardware costs and the barriers go down, that's where we're going to see an, an explosion of these kinds of events that are expected to be immersive. And we can get that sense of community back. Yeah, for sure. Like I remember, by the way, you're talking about VR current right now, but I remember, and let's then jump to the AR part. I remember it was like, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it may have been like six or seven years ago. And we were in Romania at a conference in Kushnapoka. And there was someone from Microsoft who actually brought one of the first, one of the first like builds of uh, Microsoft's HoloLens. Like these were just very confidential things back then. And he allowed us to try them out in a ballroom, right? So it was a huge, huge ballroom. And so he said, hey, try this out. And I remember when my turn, when it was my turn to try them out, it mapped the whole room, right? So this is now things happening in your room and not the virtual room or the virtual reality. And the craziest part, and this was six to seven years ago, maybe the craziest part was that once it was so immersive, it was so able to fake the reality that the craziest part, at least for me, was when I removed them. Like I didn't believe that some objects that I was seeing in that same room somehow disappeared. And for in the first 30 seconds or a minute, obviously something in my brain was telling me, that's strange. You were seeing something else before a second. There was a cat out there and now you don't see it. And it's so crazy when you when you experience this. And I was like, wow, if that thing, as you said, the cost is lower and it becomes it become potentially just part of a, a glass of your sunglasses or whatever. Like if that becomes that small, wow, that, that is really a big deal. I don't even see a reason why I would, why I would remove this. You know, it's, it's crazy. What, what are your thoughts about AR? What do you see? Yeah, I mean, so, uh, so, so a few things, first of all, so a couple of, of, of thoughts come to mind and that's, that's a really great story. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, so, well, first of all, the, the place where this is going is contact lenses, right? There's a company called uh, Mojo Vision now that's, that's very well funded where they are now developing the technology to basically have that be always <laughs> a part of you. And then of course, Elon Musk would probably want to do, uh, you know, implants later on to kind of create these, these effects, uh, straight away for us. But absolutely. I mean, that is where we're going is a, a place where we have the ability to kind of manifest these objects and others have the ability to manifest these objects in front of us. And then if you think about the implications for presentation design, I mean, that is a completely new paradigm of how you create experiences and presentations. Like if you're, it's not just a 2D screen, but it's like you design objects around people and maybe they're triggered by looking at something or maybe they're triggered by them doing something or saying something. There's just so many possibilities there in terms of presentation design, experience design. And as you mentioned, it's 
power. It's super powerful in terms of the just the emotional and kind of blending the real and the virtual because it's it's a virtual screen, but it it leaves a, a heck of a stronger impression on you than just yeah. seeing you know a, a PowerPoint slide or like a two D video. So that's a that's kind of one thought. And then the other the other thing I just wanted to say is I I completely agree is just kind of getting back to reality is a huge that's a huge issue. So like if I attend a networking event, it's interesting because I feel like I'm literally in a room. And like a like a room networking with people like a you know after party or something like that i take off the headset and it's like boom i'm in my basement and it's just like that kind of it's a little bit jarring to be like wow i just i literally feel like i was just teleported back into reality and it does take me a little bit of time to kind of like get back <laughs> to reality but at the same time it's great because i didn't have to travel right so it's like you can and then i can hop back into another thing and you know halfway around the world again so it's it's a completely new world i think that's that's, that's about to unfold for us because we can talk about VR and AR probably for the next 30 minutes without any any problem at all <laughs> uh, i'm just wondering because one of the other things that i believe are like just you can see how big that is and how big it will be for presentations. There were already some tests obviously done with this and I'm talking about holograms. Obviously, Microsoft did some work there. Uh, some guys at uh, the TED conference did some work there, right? But have you seen anything interesting in the hologram space, any developments that kind of get us closer, if you wish, to us just seeing uh, holograms at, let's say, conferences? Or us mm -hmm. being able to be holograms at some point. Like, what is, what are the latest and greatest tech companies <laughs> out there, or something? Sure. So, so first of all, I'll I'll say that the most like what we say holograms right now are really kind of the Pepper's Ghost effect. And I get, I actually have a video on this on my on my YouTube channel. I get a lot of um, you know corrections when I use the word hologram. So I just wanted to put that caveat on out there, but using that more kind of colloquially or in, informally, there are, I, I think this is, you're absolutely right. This is a, a really big trend because, or it's going to be an even bigger trend as we have more hybrid events, because I think people have realized the value, regardless of how you feel about kind of this extremely virtual environment, most people have realized that they can at least get some efficiency by not traveling. So travel is, it, it's it's going to come back, but we it's, it's not going to come back exactly in the same way. So there are going to be people who they could teleport into one place, they can teleport into another place, very kind of back to back, just like you're joining a, a Zoom call here and you have back to back Zoom calls, you could have back to back sort of hollow, hollow presence events that you do. Um, there's a company um, that we mentioned actually in our white paper with the Presentation Guild, which we, we wrote that last year, but it's still super relevant if, if anyone wants to check that out. Uh, there's a company called um, Art Media that is in Canada and they do um, holo basically holographic telepresence. And essentially the way that works is you're in a green screen room and you're shooting with a bunch of cameras on the green screen. And then they have kind of a, a set that they they can ship it to you kind of to the location of the conference and then you show up as the hologram even though you're kind of in the green screen in one of their studios so you know you talked about how this is going to be growing i think we're all eventually going to have a room like that in our house where we can 
we have the green screen with us and then we can teleport like it's going to be democratized you don't have to like actually go to one of their offices i think they have like like maybe seven or eight or, or ten locations you can just do it from your home and then you can teleport into one hybrid meeting another hybrid meeting etc so right now it is very it's pretty enterprise or very kind of large scale driven, you know, like Tony Robbins has done one. And, you know, there's been a number of celebrities who have been recreated with, with holograms, but I think it's coming to the average person. And Hey, if, if anyone wants to do it on a super small scale, kind of get the peppers ghost effect, I have a video uh, for that too, on my, on my YouTube channel. But I think it's, I think it's coming. It's the democratization for sure. That will be big though. I mean, if it happens, but why wouldn't it happen in let's say in the next 10 or 15 years. Like if you think about it, it's not that impossible. I mean, 10 years is nothing more or less. And yet you are seeing how technologies evolve 10 years ago. Wow. Absolutely. The only thing that I'm currently thinking about when I start exploring those new worlds is how exciting this whole thing would be. That is so exciting to be part of this, exactly this moment maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I think right now I'm doing some 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 work and, and kind of mini sessions on volumetric video. So we're working with companies like like MetaStage and Avatar Dimension. And we are kind of get you know getting some knowledge together around what what is the future of volumetric video. And by the way, volumetric video is like it's basically it's it's used in a lot in entertainment and video and video productions right now. So like you basically you film somebody in a 3D way. So you have not just their face and, and body, but you can see that person from all angles. And then you can put that into an augmented reality experience or a virtual reality experience. And then people can, for example, on their phones, recreate or bring a fashion model who's been kind of doing a, a runway show and they can bring that into their homes and they can see that from a 360 kind of perspective. They can like turn the phone around, they can kind of manipulate the video however they want. And so that I think is also gonna start becoming democratized where there's gonna be apps where you can take that kind of video yourself and then kind of transport yourself as a presenter into somebody else's world. So that's not exactly holograms, but that's kind of the same sort of the same purpose, I guess, is like taking a digital version of yourself and putting that into somewhere else. Yeah, if we have to go just listening to all of that, I cannot, I just, I cannot stop thinking of, okay, there are obvious pros to all of this, like there are so many benefits, but what are the cons here? Like, what is, is there anything that we should be all mindful and careful of and careful about? Because we can obviously overuse it, right? And if we just go all in on technology, it may get a little bit it, we may get to a specific, to a certain point, which is like, okay, this is way too much now, right? We completely forgot who we are, we completely stopped interacting or whatever. Like, have you thought about like, okay, what is, is there a line? Like, where do we stop here? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's such a great question. I guess like when I think of technology, I think of it almost as like, if you use the metaphor of a knife, 
So you could be the greatest chef and you can use it to make the most beautiful, delectable dishes and make people happy. And then you can also use that knife to like stab someone, <laughs> like you know, do a lot of really yeah, bad yeah. stuff with it. So I guess I always like to, to focus on kind of the chef <laughs> aspect of it, totally un- understanding that there's very nefarious things that, that can be done. And I think like if, if we do explore that, what's what's interesting to me is like just digital identity what how that's going to be changing and copyright basically you know like for example um right now there was i i just saw something where there's been research around how you can how you can basically say what and like what kind of image you want so like let's say um what were some of them like let's say you say giraffe and snail, like I want a giraffe and snail combination. And it just like, boom, spits out a giraffe, like 10, like a hundred different versions and different styles of a giraffe snail. So like, because the digital world, I mean, every pixel is completely changeable. I think, you know, as that kind of technology, as you see the intersection of AI and visual communication, and then also, you know, deep fake technology, as that starts mm-hmm. to become really out, like out there yeah. and more accessible, then like you can make, I think soon we'll be able to make videos of ourselves or really anyone saying anything. And then what what's the implication for law enforcement or ethics or politics. I mean, that's going to be a whole thing. And then you're going to have to develop AI to kind of catch the AI manipulation. And that's going to be kind of its own thing as well. And then the other, I mean, another issue is like the, you know, you were talking about blockchain. One of the things that that we're also that we've been uh, talking about with with um, uh, some of our clients is the kind of digital digital assets and sell like how do you sell digital assets and then put them on the blockchain so that you can kind of certify that it is the one asset that is out there and that you own. And then I think at some point, and I think there's companies that are already doing this, like your avatar could be kind of your own and then kind of set as yours. And then that can't be used by anyone else. So I think just the whole like digital commerce or maybe virtual reality commerce, that's going to be a whole thing. It's like selling art, selling, selling clothing, sell, you know, and just imagine the implications for brands here. And then I think for kind of in the presentation space, what what that's going to do is it's going to give you a lot more assets to kind of play around with. But it's also like I think copyright, the question of copyright is going to be very um, it's going to be transformed because, you know, like how, how can you use like various assets or like if you make an AI based asset, who owns that? And like, what's the copyright implication there? And so it's. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm hoping that the lawmakers can kind of catch up to this space and kind of like, kind of really understand how to, how to, to um, you know, at least be part of the conversation here because it's going to be a super fast moving space um, in terms of regulation and the implications. Yeah, I cannot imagine how regulators will move with that speed. I just yeah. today, I, I just cannot see how that will happen but hopefully it will because if they are somehow able to move and i'm speaking i think for more or less probably every single country out there for sure for bulgaria i can say yeah for sure uh, <laughs> but I, I would probably say that the us also i mean easily mm-hmm. now if they are able to move with that speed i think that a lot more other issues on that level will be fixed too right 
it won't be just the AI VR stuff that's happening in the world in that moment. Okay, I have one. You started with something that called my attention that, hey, these are, you will need completely new skills in here. Like if you're building presentations right now and you're building them in Apple Keynote or PowerPoint or whatever, both of us are PowerPoint MVP. So let's start with PowerPoint maybe. Uh, so if you're using PowerPoint or any other for that matter, then you need to read think your skills, right? Because especially on the design end, a lot of things will change and it won't be that same world anymore in terms of design. Obviously the design concepts and fundamentals will be there, right? But what are the skills that you think designers all across and even maybe business professionals, because there are a lot of people who are business professionals who are listening to this one, would need to more or less adapt to this new world in order for them to create in the future truly effective presentations like what are your thoughts there yeah so the most fundamental and way to kind of really get ready for the future is what i call to think and design in 3d because right now i think a lot of design is still very flat focused very kind of screen focused but I think there's there's an opportunity to use, for example, more 3D models in presentations. Um, mm. I think the it's a little bit challenging because I think the access to 3D models is not quite there. I know Google Poly just um, is going to be shutting down soon. But like just using 3D models and being able to kind of incorporate them in more creative ways, that's I think that's going to be a huge skill. And if you can do that in your kind of flat or on-screen presentations, that's going to help you then get comfortable to be able to take them off screen. So another kind of once you you kind of play around with, with 3D and know how to kind of incorporate into your designs and even customize. So like even something like Paint 3D, you can stick a 3D model in there. You can customize it with a like what they call stickers and like just put like maybe your own um, image on it. Like I just... I was playing around with this for, for an all hands meeting for, for, um, for our organization. And I took a 3d TV and I just put one of our leaders into the TV, just a picture. And so it, it just made for a really interesting experience because the TV can turn around because it's a 3d model. So it kind of reveals that person. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a tiny thing, but like being able to, to customize 3D models and be able to, to use them effectively and like zoom into them. Like many people don't realize that PowerPoint in particular gives you the power to like, like if you have a, a model of a building, like you can zoom into the building and then you can turn the building around. So you can almost do like a, like a maze experience or something like that, um, you know, as, as part of your presentation. I actually haven't seen uh, very many, if any, uh, people actually doing that. So I think like just getting that, that comfort would be, you know, will already set you apart as a designer presenter or, you know, leader in this space. So that's kind of step one. And then step two is, is play around with a 3D platform. So I currently recommend Frame VR because it's in, it's currently in, in beta. So anybody can sign up for an account. It's super easy to use. And you can just like bring in 3D models and you can put them like around the room and you can put images on the walls. Like you can make it almost like a, a virtual gallery or something like that. You can put like a statue of a lion or like you could put a huge, you know, 
3D model of like somebody, you know, at, at your work. There's so much that, that you can do there. And it takes, it, it's not a, a small learning curve, but it's so important to get there because right now, like I was talking to, to folks who are teaching students in design, like the students right now who are in school, they're learning this stuff. So it's kind of like, if you're not thinking and designing in 3D, you're going to be eventually kind of left behind or at least behind the curve. So now is the time to really dig in and start experimenting so that that way, when kind of it hits mainstream, you are one of the top and not, you know, left in the dust. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, 3D is obviously the next thing on so many levels. And the cool part is that, as you said, it's still there. Still, there is a learning curve. But I think that a few years from now, like you, everyone will be able to build like this drag and drop approach, more or less. There will be platforms and tools that will allow everyone to build those immersive 3D experiences. Obviously, not on the level that a 3D expert 3D model, um, modeler or whatever will be able to do, right? In in a team of, let's say, 3D person plus a few designers plus whatever. But still, we'll be able in the same way that we can create ourselves very nice presentations, not as they were designed by presentation designers. I think that a lot of people will be able to actually create those 3D worlds for themselves and make them part of their presentations or make the presentations actually those 3D worlds, which is exciting. I mean, again, that is exciting. Obviously, it's a new skill, but as you said, it's, yeah, learning it now or... I mean, otherwise you have a problem for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of use, use one of your case, your um, examples of, you know, j- just d- designing a deck or something like that. Like instead of, you know, you, you could send somebody like a, a PowerPoint or a keynote deck, right. To kind of look through, why not send them a link to a virtual gallery that basically has the slides up on the walls and the person can kind of browse through and it's one click you get in there and you look and it's just i think everyone right now is just so kind of you know video call fatigued that anything that you do to break it up and even if it's not the most polished even if it's not you know doesn't look like it's been done in unity by a game designer people appreciate that and they're going to say wow like you like i've never or you know i've never seen anything like this before or wow you're one of the first to actually do this and people will appreciate the effort even if it's not polished so that's why like experimentation and diving in is key yeah, for sure you differentiate easily. I mean, no one is doing this. No one is still doing great presentations in first place. So not to mention 3D stuff. I mean, yeah, it's not no one, all right, but it's almost nobody. So let's be let's be clear here. All right. I don't know for you, but it's already 40 or 45 minutes. This is going very quickly. <laughs> Time is just, wow. Let us know, do you have somebody on top of your head that you think that we need to invite to this podcast that we we didn't have already? Like anyone that made an impression on you, maybe someone that, I don't know, who is working on the future of presentations from the technical point of view, like somebody that is in one way or the other connected to the presentation world that you very quickly just, once you hear that question, you're like this person. Well, I think the, the I have two different uh, recommendations. Is Let's one go. is um, I mean this is I actually don't have a whole list of all, everybody who's ever been on, but if you haven't had Nancy, I mean not to be like super 
I'm sure everyone's mentioned her, but um, the angle that I really like about Nancy's story is how she, she over the years has pivoted her business to adapt to the changing environment. So it's not just her you know, design prowess that is that is so impressive. It's her ability to kind of see the future and see where, where it's going and how she needs to transform. And I think she would be able to give like really firsthand experience about what kinds of new skills, um, you know, designers or people working very, very closely with in that space you know, need to have. That's one. Um, and then another one or another kind of couple is um, Taylor and Camille from Nuts and Bolts Speed Training. Um, they do some really cool stuff around shortcuts and kind of just hacks that people have never yeah. even heard of. And it's just yeah. even the um, I've seen them at conferences where the Microsoft team is just like they haven't seen <laughs> some of the hacks yeah. that they come up with. So um, that is definitely um, some couple to consider. For sure. Uh, we haven't got any of those people on the podcast. So that's now, see, that's that's now a thing. So I need to try harder for sure with Nancy. I tried to get her for the conference, but for some reason they, they declined. She was busy or whatever. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, for sure the the team and the nuts and bolts is just yeah the what they're doing in regards to especially to productivity is mind-blowing i mean i don't know sometimes i ask myself when i first saw their work and for everyone who is listening just go to youtube and just put in nuts and bolts powerpoint and it will show up for sure but how are they finding those shortcuts that's madness i mean it is mad it is crazy the shortcuts they know and how they find them i mean kudos to both of them <laughs> it is just brilliant it is brilliant anyway last question on my end where can people find more about what you're doing and what is the best platform also for people to connect Sure. So I would say the two are LinkedIn and YouTube. So um, we can post those in the in the um, in the podcast notes. And then, of course, I want to give another shout out to the Presentation Guild because they have so many folks that kind of can help you stay on the cutting edge, kind of both on the tactical design side and also kind of on the more macro strategic side. And then we can post the white paper there as well because it's still very um, relevant. All right, I'm taking notes as you can see. Post the white paper. All right, <laughs> I always take notes during podcasts because otherwise I'll forget completely everything. Uh, if if it's not out there, uh, if it's not in my OneNote, it it doesn't exist. It's like if it's not in my calendar, it won't happen. Like yeah. that, that is the same rule, more or less applies. Single source of truth. <laughs> Absolutely, I have uh, I have created a very cool structure that works for me on OneNote for every podcast episode and I have places where I just fill in, you know, it's like a very well done template in one, you know, in a way. Yulia, thanks for joining. That was, that, that made me also think, you know, <laughs> that also made me think. Thanks for joining. That was, I really, really enjoyed that one. And it really made me think. Yeah. Great. That is, that is my goal is to just kind of stretch thinking and inspire people to start experimenting and really kind of um, paving the way to their own future. So hopefully um, some, some folks will start to experiment with some new things. Absolutely. Everyone, the LinkedIn profile, the YouTube channel, the present link yet again to the presentation guild plus link to the white paper for the future of presentations will be 
in the show notes of this episode so you can check them out. Again, let's thank, uh, thank Yulia for joining us so we can speak about the future of presentations for who knows, <laughs> like maybe many, 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 many hours. But if someone has any comment, not question this time, but comment, idea, why not even a question? Let us know on social media, right? Wherever you found that episode, shoot us a message, ask, comment, give ideas. So where should the future of presentations go? Do you have some creative ideas? Maybe there is somebody that will see it and do it. Who knows? I mean, you never know. So in the meantime, also check out our website, 356labs.com and see what we are doing, obviously, and not forget, let's not forget also present to succeed our conference. We need to figure out how to bring in Yulia for the next event, but that will be something that I will figure out later on after this podcast. This is the, this is the conference that we organize, which more or less turned out to be the biggest event in our space. It's still not immersive, Yulia, but we'll make it happen. You know, like it will go there. It will go there at some point. It will go into the immersion. Again, thanks for listening, everyone. And in case you found this episode useful, subscribe to the podcast. And why not even leave us a review on iTunes because it's still the most popular platform out there. Or share it with a friend. We would appreciate it. Thanks again and see you in the next one. Bye.